0: How are you now? <laughs> How are you? How are you? How are you now? I'm glad I asked. I'm doing terrific. I'm finally over my cold. You guys might be able to hear. I'm still a little bit nasally, but um, you know, we're. We're on the other side of it at this point, which is nice because the weekend's coming up and it's a long weekend, so I was hoping to have all of my faculties back so that I can drink. (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and we're here this time to talk about your Montreal Canadiens making their first visit to Detroit to take on the red-hot Detroit Red Wings. They've been uh, quite good to start this season, surprisingly good to some. I think everybody expected that they were going to take a bit of a step forward this season, but I don't know if anybody's expecting them to be as good as they have been this early and seemed like it would maybe be a tough test for the Habs who have been not so good in their last three games. You guys have heard me on here complaining about it every single episode. So we're going to get to the recap. But first, the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Also, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And this game... Between the Montreal Canadiens and the Detroit Red Wings started with a new look lineup for the Habs Uh, they kind of went scorched earth on the top six and really shook things up they separated Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki so Nick Suzuki was getting on the top line with Josh Anderson and Alex Newhook and Cole Caulfield was moved down to the second line Um, I was surprised by that move I'll be completely honest I uh, didn't see them making a separation between their their top two players uh, but Look, it had some early decent returns for them at the very least. The other change was actually, I almost forgot to mention, it was Caden Primo playing in net, uh, his second game of the year. And uh, with the shakeup and with the new goaltender, I was a little bit worried going into this one at what I would see, but it was a pretty good start to the game. Uh, It's back back and forth a little bit early. Jordan Harris took a holding penalty just under three minutes in. Uh, The Habs are able to hold that one off with a few good saves by Primo. Uh, And then later on in the period... Some possible interference by Nick Suzuki. He's in the offensive zone. He's offside and he bumps into uh Moritz Cider a little bit and Sider ends up falling. I don't think it was intentional, but you know, you could have made an interference call there. But Suzuki gets back on side and Alex Newhook comes screaming into the zone. Uh Mike Matheson is trailing. He finds Mike Matheson as the trailer and he just rips one. Bardownski one nothing for your Montreal Canadiens. They get a golden opportunity right after that because Jeff Petrie just yeets the puck over the glass. Uh, so they have a power play, but they can't get it done. End of the period, shots are listed at 12-8 to eight in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. They have the better chances, slightly better possession, uh, a really good first period from a team that has not had good first periods as of late. We go into the second period, and there's a tripping call on Josh Anderson. Less than four minutes in, they kill it, and then they get Caden Gooley for a hold. Suzuki actually almost scores on the second uh, penalty kill. He gets a steal in the middle of the ice, goes down on a breakaway, and uh, and hits the post. So the Habs doing a really good job with the penalty kill, and uh, also playing very well at five on five. And then Josh Anderson with a net drive. He draws a holding call, and here we go. It's a power play for the Montreal Canadiens. Point shot by Mike Matheson. Sean Monahan cleans it up in front and puts it in. It's 2-0 for the Habs, but we have an offside review like a minute before that puck went in. uh, They were, in fact, offside, and it gets called back. Fuck right off. Um, Yeah, it's offside, though, so you can't really argue that one unless they change the rule. And the Habs are all pressure now. They're creating chances left and right. They get back to five on five and they're doing just as well, uh, if not even better than they were before. But of course, none of that fucking matters, right? This is hockey. You make one mistake and it's going to end up in the back of your net. And they do. The Red Wings get a dump into the zone and Michael Rasmussen just goes and gets it off the wall, has a clear path to the net. And he backhands it off Caden Primo up in the air and it goes into the net. But wait, we have another review this time. And this one was initiated by the refs not by a coach's challenge. There was clear contact in front between Kristen, 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 Christian fisher I can't even say his name, and Kane Brimaud, and Christian Fisher also put the puck into the net with his hand. The refs allow the goal anyway. So I have to pause the replay here, or the recap rather, because I, I need to rant about this rule a little bit. The rule book for the NHL, all it says is that the puck, it says that the puck can't be knocked in by a hand deliberately. The fact that something is either deliberate or not deliberate is completely up to the interpretation of the officials. I would like to submit to everyone listening that that rule is fucking dumb. There should be no goal allowed when an attacking player hits it in with their hand. Take the guesswork completely out of the equation. I think if you polled all of the fans and uh, the players and the coaches and the owners, I think it would be nearly unanimous that we don't want the refs in the NHL because they suck deciding whether or not something is intentional just attacking player knocks it in with his hand it's not a goal defending player knocks it in with his hand nah, go fuck yourself that's your own mistake you put it in your own net we saw Marc Bergevin throw it into his own net one time back in the day so those should count but if it goes in off of an attacking player's hand it should not count it's too easy for you to just make something up as an official and be like eh, well I don't feel like that was intentional or I do feel like it was intentional no take the guesswork out make those all not count rant over back to the recap um, it's 1-1 now because that goal counts and that is in fact your score going into the third period however there was a late power play for the Montreal Canadiens they couldn't get anything done in the second period but they've got a little bit of time left on the other side to start the third and guess what Nick Suzuki gets the puck at the top of the circle takes a big wind up on the wrister but it's a beautiful wrister and he beats James Reimer short side 2-1 Montreal Canadiens. They restore their lead. But the game's not over until it's over. And they kind of start playing dump and chase at this point. It's almost like they're trying to sit on the lead, which is not a good idea in the NHL. Like I said, you make one mistake and it ends up in the back of your net and they make another mistake. This time it's Nick Suzuki. He giveth, he taketh away. He's down below his own goal line, makes a bad pass attempt out to the, the outside hash mark. It goes directly to JT Comfer. He goes upstairs, short side, over the shoulder of Keaton Primo. It's 2-2. We get chances going back and forth from that point to end the third period, but nobody can break one through, and we're going to three on three overtime. Three on three overtime is, as advertised, some exciting stuff to watch on TV. Gotta be honest about that. And, um, uh, the Red Wings win possession immediately off the first draw, and the first minute or so is just Larkin and Debrinkat playing keep away until Larkin sails one over the net. Then it's Gouley and Monahan for Montreal trying to do the same thing, but they give the puck away and almost give up a goal. Uh, then, a little bit later on, just past the midway point, okay Cole Caulfield goes in gets a chance it's stopped by Reimer bounces off the glass and it's kind of ricocheting like it's going to go back out in front of the net and he cuts in like he's going to try and go for it and he bumps into Reimer and Reimer just kind of grabs his stick and holds on to it I thought your religion made you not like the idea of a man holding on to another man's stick James but he gets a penalty for it so apparently it's against the ref's religion as well and that means we get a little bit of four on three action in favor of your Montreal Canadiens and guess who Cole Caulfield gets a one-timer attempt at his favorite spot at the face-off dot. He fakes the clapper. He walks himself a little bit higher and a little bit more towards the middle. Just moves more insider around enough for him to get his lane. And he throws an absolute laser beam. Top cheddar. Short side in the corner. 3-2 final in favor of your Montreal Canadiens. They get a win. And boy, did they need one after the, the last three games that they've played. Um. They, they, they needed this big time. And uh, the, the really nice thing about it is that they didn't get it uh, by their goaltender standing on their head. By all accounts, Kim primo had a great game. Uh, he made a number of good saves for them, especially in that overtime period. He was key. Uh, but he didn't steal that one. That was them you know, going toe-to-toe with the Red Wings. Uh, I don't think they were vastly superior in that game, uh, but they had better chances. Uh, they were getting to the slot more than the Red Wings were. And I think if you play that game 10 times, I think they'd probably win the majority of them. Uh, of course, you know, it, it wasn't a, a walkthrough. They didn't dominate the Red Wings, but they played very well against a team that is considerably better than them on paper and has been doing extremely well to start this season. So I thoroughly enjoyed that game. Um, I think that's replicable. I think that uh, everything that they did in that game uh, was good. I think the lineup change ended up being good. Uh, all of the lines performed pretty well uh, in their new format. So... Um, I think you got to call this one an absolute win and a good win for the Montreal Canadiens. So that brings me to player of the game, and it's tough for me to pick one person. So I'm not going to pick one person. I'm going to give you three stars this time. So we're going to start with the third star of the night, and i got to give that one to Caden Brimaud. Um, I I, got to throw him his flowers. He did make a a number of really good saves for them. He looked poised. Uh, The the goals that did go in, you can't fault him. I mean, one went off a hand. So again, I don't feel like that should count. Uh, But it did. The other one was a beautiful shot by JT Confer after a giveaway. Um, He was down a little bit. I mean, I guess you could say, well, it went up over his shoulder on the short side, and you ideally would like him to save that, but I'm not willing to charge that one to him. I think that um, that was more on the giveaway and uh, the really beautiful shot by J.D. Confer. So, um, really, can't fault him whatsoever in that performance. He played great. He, he gave them a chance to win, and uh, but, but they didn't over-rely on him. So, that's why he's the third star, because he didn't go out and steal one. So, who's the second star? Well, Second star, i got to give that one to uh, Cole Caulfield. And that might sound a little bit weird because he scored the game winner. Why is he the second star? Well, you'll find out when I get to the first star. Um, Cole Caulfield looked very dangerous in that game. Obviously, he is uh, a legitimate and constant threat uh, in the overtime. And uh, you get him in a 4-on-3 situation, it's just you don't have the bodies to block the lanes anymore. We saw it in regulation time when they got power plays and Caulfield was out there. The Red Wings were very clearly cognizant of where he was at all times. They had somebody on him. Uh, They had somebody in his lane. They were making it very difficult for him to get shots through. And uh, you saw that. And that's why the shots were coming from the other side. They were coming from the point, from Matheson. Or they were coming from Suzuki all the way on the other side of the ice. Uh, They were trying to get pucks through which i i gotta say i like that from the canadians that they're not over relying on the caulfield shot i think that eventually over the course of time is going to open up more opportunities for him uh but he was kind of just not able to get much through he did look very good at five on five um, he was creating, uh, he was making really good passes. Uh, the one thing that I've really liked about his game so far this season is how he's developing as, as a playmaker. I, I think that's an important piece uh, that's often forgotten when you have a goal scorer is, you know, you want him to fill the net every single night, but you got to remember this guy's on a point per game pace so far this season. If he doesn't hit 50 goals, that's not the be all end all. He gets to a point per game pace. Uh, that's pretty important right? You, you need players like that. And just so happens that he's very adept at putting the puck in the net, and he showed you exactly what he can do when he gets time and space uh, in that overtime period. That was a beautiful shot. That was an unstoppable shot. Um, man, I, I, I can't really say much more about him. He was great in that game, and uh, you know, very deserving of a second star, not the first star, because the first star has got to go to Nick Suzuki. Um, look, they threw him Josh Anderson and Alex Newhook, two players that have really not had much going at all for the last, not just the last three games where they've been bad as a team, but for the last five or six games, neither of those players has had much going whatsoever. And he takes that assignment with a smile on his face, goes out there and has one of his best games of the season. He was threatening constantly on the on the kill at five on five, power play, didn't matter the situation. Nick Suzuki was a problem out there for the Detroit Red Wings and they had no answer for him at all. Uh he had multiple uh, occasions where he stole the puck in the middle of the ice around center like right near the faceoff dot and then went in on breakaways. He had one in overtime and he had one in uh, regulation on the on the penalty kill as well. Uh he was hunting pucks out there and he was Magnificent! That was uh, just a chef's kiss mwah, for Nick Suzuki in that game. One of the better games I've seen him play in a Montreal Canadiens uniform, uh, and just so happens that he did, in fact, uh, get a big goal for them on the power play as well. So, uh, first star for him from me. Player of the game, whatever you want to call it. Um, that was an excellent game from the captain, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Now, I tried to go a little bit quick through uh, my players of the game there because I wanted to get to probably the story of this game, which was the new look lineup, right? Both of the top six lines that uh, Martin St. Louis cooked up did quite well. Um, Not perfect by any stretch, but quite well. Uh, The top line, new hook, Suzuki Anderson. The second line, uh, they had Slavkowski with Dvorak and Caulfield. Um, It works. And look, I have mentioned this before that the possibility of splitting up Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki is something that they need to consider especially since Kirby Doc went down it seemed like they almost had to and you know he finally came to that decision uh, I was surprised by it to be honest I thought they were going to stick with uh, Slavkovsky on the top line for a little bit longer but um, look you can't argue with success and they had it in this game both of those lines were good both of those lines were Uh, By my estimation, they were controlling the scoring chances quite well. Um, High danger chances were listed by Natural Statric as 100% in favor of both lines. Um, That's a 5-on-5. You can't do better than that. If you're getting most of the high danger scoring chances and limiting them against, that's perfect. And... They did that against a Red Wings team that, again, has been very hot to start this season. Uh, I, I, I think that this is something they may need to consider sticking with uh, for a few more games, um, especially in the wake of those last three where they were so brutal. Um, and they only had, I want to say in those three games, they had maybe a total of 20, 25 minutes where the team actually played well. In this game, they played a full 60. All right, all three periods were good. They, again, they didn't run over the Red Wings or anything, but all three periods were good. That was a full 60. You hear that cliche spewed so many times by hockey players that it gets to a point where every time you hear it, you roll your eyes a little bit. But this was literally that. And for fans of a team who have been sitting, them watch their, uh, sitting here watching them fumble their way through the last three games, it's a breath of fresh air to see three consecutive well-played periods just... Perfectly cromulent hockey. I don't, I, I don't have the words to explain how refreshing it was for me to sit here and watch that versus the last three that I watched. It was, uh, it was a treat, and um, I I want to see more of it. So I think at this point they got to consider sticking with what they did there. And uh, the only line that really had problems in that game, the sacrificial lamb, was uh, the Pearson Monahan Gallagher line. They had a rough night. Uh, they were. Out chance, they were outpossessed uh but you know you're gonna have that in a tight game not all of your lines are gonna be holding their head above water you're gonna have a line that's gonna struggle a little bit and that was the one it's fine it's totally fine that they struggled in that game they've been very good uh even through the pile of shit that was the last three games uh they were not that bad so you got to give them one and you know they did some of the heavy lifting for them uh for for the habs in that game because clearly i think they were trying to line match them with uh, the larkin line detroit i think that's who they're out there against the most i don't have time to check that anyways and still record the podcast but i'm pretty sure that's what the the red wings were doing and it was a tough night for them and look if they can do that heavy lifting and allow for these other lines to to cook a little bit i think that we're in good shape Uh, and it's something that we can run with for a few more games and see if maybe it it can turn things around a little bit in terms of the watchability uh, of the games because nobody would have cared. If they lost this game in overtime, I would still be sitting here saying all the same things that I'm saying right now. I might have a few words about whatever ugly goal they allowed in overtime, but I would still be sitting here and I'd be very happy with what I just sat down and watched. Um, I, I, I have no complaints about the way that they played. So uh, this is good news. Uh, this is exactly what we needed to see from them. And um, we should all be quite happy that this is what happened. And it could have a positive effect on some trade values as well. I don't think anybody has all of Josh Anderson, um, Christian Dvorak, and well, just just those two. I don't think anybody has both of Josh Anderson and Christian Dvorak staying with this team all the way through the end of the rebuild, right? They're going to need to move one of those guys at some point. And they both looked very good on their new lines. I've been pretty rough on Josh Anderson lately. Now, he had some opportunities where he could have scored, and he's a little bit snake-bitten, but... Overall, his play was good. Christian Dvorak, his play was good uh, last game. is well, not bad, anyways. His play was very good in this game against the Red Wings. If you're trying to trade either one of those guys, you need them to. You, you need some production at the very least. You need them looking good for any of the scouts, GMs, uh, anybody that comes and watches your games. You need to feature them, and that's what Mathieu Saint-Louis did with this lineup. Uh, by having that that second line anchored by Christian Dvorak and giving him Cole Caulfield, you're kind of showing other GMs like, hey, this is how he can play with some some young skill players. Uh, and then you're doing the same thing with Josh Anderson is saying, all right, well, now we've given him uh, our, our new addition in Alex Newhook and our captain in Nick Suzuki. Can they produce? And in this game, you know, he, he looked good. Looked like he belonged there. Didn't look out of place for a second. Um, I don't know. It could have a positive impact on trade values. They need to stick with it. And I know I've said this before. I said that about the Slifkowski on the top line thing. I said they need to stick with it for a few games. Uh, But then they had that absolute stinker, absolute stinker against Tampa. And, um, you know, something had to give. And uh, I guess that's what had to give. And, you know, I'm not going to argue with success. That's what I'm not going to do. So we're going to go ahead and say this was a victory and a smart decision by saint louis Again, surprising to me, but sometimes I'm going to be surprised by things that end up working. Uh, So, hey, as for the D, uh, I I don't have any gripes with anyone. Uh, Matheson, I've been tough on him recently. He had a pretty good game, Uh, scored a goal. Obviously, it wasn't a perfect game. Uh, but he was much better, so step in the right direction. Hopefully he keeps going. Arbor Jack, I was very physical in that game. He landed a beautiful hit behind his own net uh, at one point. The highlight's up on my Twitter if you want to go and find it. Um, Jordan Harris was very good in that game. Um, he was also physical, um, doing a pretty good job against a very aggressive forecheck. Uh, if you watch that game, you probably noticed the Red Wings are extremely aggressive in their puck pursu- pursuit in the offensive zone, and it was kind of tough for the Habs at times to get around that, and Jordan Harris looked like one of the more effective guys at doing it. Uh, Justin Barron was good. Uh, I-, I liked everything. I-, I don't have any complaints. That was a good game. So you know what? I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to end the podcast because I want to end it on a good note. That was a full 60 from the Montreal Canadiens. Canadians, and I love it. What are we running? We're running over 21 minutes, so it's a full 21 for us, and uh, une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple. I'm on Twitter, at DrakeMT, drop me a follow, I would appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you, as always, for listening, and of course, à la prochaine.